So, um, last week, oh, first, if any of you are interested in Pokemon, the Wolf Boys have so many Pokemon cards here tonight. And I'm sure they would love to show you. They might have more at their house even, but they brought some. And if you want to see some really cool Pokemon afterwards, stop by their office in the back and they would love to show you. So last week, um, I talked about how, maybe, maybe it was a couple weeks ago, how surprising to me it was all of the good things that have been happening through chapel, starting Edison initiatives and homes and parks and clubs and libraries. And I kept saying, I, I'm fascinated because none of this would be happening if God wasn't moving just below the surface, if the kingdom of God wasn't in action. And I want to dive a little deeper into that concept tonight, but before I do, the good news is Rachel Austin, who you guys have heard preach here before, she started an internship at Bronson, so she's not been able to be here, but she told me in September she would be able to preach again. So you don't have to only listen to me. You can listen to her some. And we'll get Jordan back up here too. But I'm a little afraid that if we let Jordan preach too much, you guys will all leave and start a church with him. Because of how much he knows. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he, he's getting himself ready to do it again as well. Kids, there's a verse. Raise your hand if you're a kid and you can hear me. You can see me. There's a verse Jesus says in Mark 10:43. He says, "If you want to be great, you need to learn to be the I'm wondering if you know what it is." Does anyone know? The greatest? I've done a terrible job parenting my daughter. Good guess though. Any adults, if you want to be great, you need to be the Greatest. I've done a terrible job being friends with Keith, too. Anyone else have a guess? If you want to be great, you need to be the... Gratefulness. That's a good guess, too, Brave. In Mark 10, 43, Jesus says, If you want to be the greatest among you, you need to be the servant of all. That was a song we sang in church. When I was a kid, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you know, that's how it went. Learn to be the servant of all. And then all the guys would go, learn to be the servant of all. And then the ladies, learn to be the servant. And we would do it in a whole round. And it just sound, sounded like a huge mess of noise. But the bottom line is, you know, Jesus has confronted the rich young ruler, which I've talked about before. And he's coming into a religious hierarchy where people are trying to be the highest and the best and have power. And he's in a world where Rome is controlling the world with its military force. And he says, if any of you want to be the greatest among you, you have to be the servant of all. Which is, which is a little bit um, baffling because, kids, you're going to love this analogy if you want to look up at me really quickly. If you want to be a servant, what it means is 
you are up here and you see someone who you have the power to help. Maybe they're eating alone in the lunchroom. Maybe they're playing by themselves at recess and you don't have either of those problems. And so you come down to them and with your presence and with your life and with your time and with your energy and sometimes with your money, you begin to lift someone up. And once you begin to lift someone up, you're doing a thing called serving them. There were things in their life that they didn't think they deserved or places in their life that they thought they couldn't get to. And you, instead of climbing higher yourself, chose to come down from where you were trying to climb to and lift another person higher than you. And that's what it means to be a servant. Here's the problem, kids, and I'm really talking to the adults, but I'm saying it to the kids so that it's a little cuter and easier to swallow. Here's the problem, kids. You and your parents were born into a world that tells you you will only be safe if you take care of yourself first. If we're on an airplane, they say put the oxygen mask on yourself first so that then you are breathing enough air to help the person next to you. It's dangerous to risk it to help someone else before you're fully taken care of. Consequently, I've had many conversations with many friends who are tucking lots of money away into 401ks in the hopes that someday when they retire, they will be able to donate millions of dollars to charity and help this poverty problem that we have in the world. And we have begun to believe that we are not safe and we are not successful and we will be in danger and our lives will not work out the way that they're supposed to work out unless we have a reserve and a safety net ourselves to protect us in case something bad were to happen and to preserve us during a time in our life that has not arrived yet when we are unable to work and support ourselves. And the consequences of that, we have lots of people with lots of resources tucking lots more resources away out of fear that something might not work out in the long run. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad strategy. Yes, I am. But when it comes to the immediate world that we live in, Jesus has something different to say. Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest among you, learn to be the servant of everyone around you. Jesus modeled this well when he washed the disciples' feet. He took off anything that would show him wealthy, wrapped a towel around himself, and served those who were around him to demonstrate that if you want to truly be a servant, you have to leave the things 
that are keeping you safe, quote, in your mind, and you have to step into a risky place where you are giving your time, energy, resources, and power to someone who the world has said is less deserving than you because they have not worked as hard as you. And you have to intentionally step into that if you want to be the greatest. Note, Jesus did not say, if you want to be the greatest in God's eyes, or if you want to be the greatest from my perception. He simply said, if you want to be the greatest, you need to learn to be a servant. And what Jesus is talking about when he tells us to be a servant is he's talking about power. Have you ever noticed that the harder you work and the more you try to do things that will preserve and protect yourself the weaker and more afraid you feel that something could come crashing in and knock down every brick that you have laid. And so you work harder and stronger and with more dedication to build a bigger fortress and you become more afraid because fear works like this. There's always something out there that doesn't exist that is bigger than your imagination or your work to keep yourself safe. And Jesus says, that's not how it works. If you want to be in the place that you are striving to be at day in and day out, if you want to get at that place where fear cannot overtake you, where you can genuinely say, I am the greatest, I am above the things that will destroy me. Jesus is saying you will not be able to arrive at that place with your own efforts. You will arrive at that place when you take the power that is in you and you learn to give it away. Because then and only then can you realize that God has an unlimited source of power, protection, and provision. That was awesome alliteration. If I was going to title this sermon, it would be titled Power, Protection, and Provision by Pastor Rapprod. And so the call of Jesus to be a servant is not to sometimes humble yourself and step into a place to serve so that you can step back out and walk back up and tell the story of how you went into a place. The point of being a servant is so that you can arrive at that place of greatness where the fears and things that threaten to take everything away from you that tempt you to work hard and strive so that that never happens to you are undoubtedly unable to tear apart and destroy what you have built because you're building something greater than yourself when you're giving away your power. And this is what Jesus taught us to do. And when you think about Edison Chapel, this is what we're trying to do. Everything that we're doing is giving away power. That's the premise. 
We're not clinging to something, saying it's mine, I'm in control of this. No, we're saying we're going to invest our time and our energy and our life and our resources into you so that you can be lifted up. And in so doing, we see what God is all about. And when we see what God is all about, we recognize that we're participating with Jesus in what Jesus is all about. And when you find yourself doing work with Jesus, you start to experience peace and joy and lack of fear. And you realize that some things just can't exist if I'm not playing by the rules everyone else is playing by. So Jesus continues and goes on to say, my yoke or my teaching is easy and my burden is light. But sometimes those easy teachings and those light burdens feel the heaviest because we have to let go and drop so much. And sometimes we've been hanging on to them so long that our hands feel paralyzed and it's hard work to get them open again. But once we do, and once the pain of, of all of our effort passes, we feel light. And we realize either God's going to take care of me or God's not. But there's nothing I can do to build a thing big enough that I'm greater than my own imaginative fears. And the gospel of Jesus, the thing we put our faith in, that says we're able to actually live this different way, says God will take care of us. God will meet your needs according to His immeasurable goodness. God will take care of you. If we take a moment and we take an assessment of our own lives and we close our eyes and we think about the fears that we've had and the storms that have come against us, up until the point when we step into eternity with Christ, because Jesus, I mean, the, the prophets say it pretty clear. To be absent from this body is to be present with our Lord. Up until the point where we step into that, has there ever been a time in your life where in some way God hasn't taken care of you? Probably not in the way you thought. Probably not in the way you hoped. But looking back, you can say right now, today, I'm still standing. Yes, I've been hit. Yes, I've been knocked over. Yes, I've been bumped. Yes, I've been bruised. Yes, I feel like I'm dying. And even today, maybe I felt like I was bleeding out. But at the end of it all, right now in this moment, you can say, I'm still standing. Because as we learn to be servants of all, and as we learn to step into the thing that God is doing, and we learn to stop relying on our own efforts, we step away from a lot of fear. 
and we step into something that we can only describe as a mystery. That we don't know how, we don't know why. But our fears weren't real. And God really was doing something more magnificent than building a castle for us to hide in. He was using us to bring his peace to those who do not feel peace. To bring his hope to those who do not feel hope. To bring his homes to those who do not have homes. To bring beauty to those who do not see beauty in a neighborhood that would ravish its parks. And if we can look at our lives and we can say, here's where I am, here's what I have, here's what I've been storing, here's what I think is keeping me safe, here is every attempt in all of my effort to put myself above the things that scare me, and we can slowly learn to say, I'm not going to lean on this anymore. And if I have to, I'm going to give some of it away so that I can understand that it's really not the thing that I lean on. And I can step down into the space of another person who needs my time and energy and presence. Then I will understand what it is like to move and breathe and live with greatness. Because greatness is what God is doing in this world. So Jesus, thank you for this Thursday night and thank you that we can take swings and attempts at partnering with what you're doing in this world. Thank you that you give us the opportunity to not preserve ourselves but give our power away like you do. Thank you that that comes with a lot of joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And thank you that that invite is always there even though sometimes we get really afraid. And thank you that we can lean on the reality that you are our God and you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.